This is Working the Beat. It is Friday, June 3rd, 2022. I'm Kevin Cooney along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us on this Friday. First full weekend of summer. And um, as we obviously have a one-story day, uh, and so we'll get right into it. Joe Girardi getting fired by the Phillies on Friday morning. Uh, Rob Thompson is the replacement, his longtime bench coach, both in New York and in Philadelphia. And uh, Mr. Kern, uh, I don't think anybody was stunned, but were you a little surprised this morning when the word came out? No, you go first. You're you're more the Philly well, guy. All right. Than I, I mean, I mean, I've been listening. Look, we're friends with John Johnson. Yeah, I love John, but it was getting a little too much. But again, they turned out that they were right. Angelo's been on this for like, I don't know. Tell me how long? And well, I beginning it. of the year. Yeah. Yeah. But so whatever. So everybody's happy now. Um, yeah. Did did it get did it get you as a surprise? Uh, you know, it's funny because, look, the, the baseball reasons were pretty obvious. Um, you know, you, you looked at this team, and I covered them Monday and Tuesday this week for uh, for AP. You looked at this team, and you saw that it was lifeless in a lot of cases. Um, fundamentally stupid. The familiar thing on Tuesday night is just inexcusable. And in the end, the manager normally pays for that. But I also thought when they got through Thursday, all right, they'll give them the Angel series. There's a soft stretch coming up here, and that they would find a way to kind of give Joe a little more time to dig his way out. But it turned out that basically maybe all this got done. Decided if you listen to Dave Dombrowski, and you know we'll have a couple clips here from him in a moment. Um, this sounds like he was convinced to pull the trigger on Thursday morning. He said after he did a five, uh, uh, an hour run, which God bless him if he did in that heat. But um, I walked for an hour, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Here, here's here, here's my, my look. If you're going to operate that way, and we've been through this in this town too many times, mm-hmm. okay. And I've told you this before. If you're if you're going to say we'll give you the Angel series to see how we play, that's bullshit. You're either going. Oh, or you're let's, not. Be, let's be honest, Mike. They probably could have pulled the trigger before the Giants came in on Monday if but they were going to do is, it. Kevin, I think we went through this with Brett Brown at some point. Sure, we, we were there and saying, "Well, if Brett does this, that'll save him." No, you either you reach a point where you say, "Now, now, look, Joe's been on his, his records under 500 in his three years. One of them was a COVID year. I, I get all that, but what I'm saying is, if, if you can't go series by series and say well, you know, if the Phillies win two at East three, we'll let them get another series. You can't, you can't do it like that. So, and we heard all year that Dombrowski's not a guy that leans towards firing a manager during the year. But what we have to remember is Dombrowski didn't hire this guy, so he had no allegiance to him. Right. But at some point, and this is my only take on it, this is a town. Now let's think about this. Three years ago, we hired Elaine Vigneault, and everybody was on board with it. Pretty much. So that's a good hire, and it looked good the first year, and two and a half years, he's gone. Okay? We hired Doc Doc Rivers. Well, first we hired Girardi. He's gone now. Doc Rivers, if you took a poll of Philadelphians right now, he wouldn't win that poll. Mm-hmm. So, so what is it about this town where you get these established coaches, managers, whatever? These guys have been to cup finals or won World Series or Won an NBA title, whatever, and and for some reason, it doesn't work. I just believe, and I guess some of the players came out and said, "Hey, look, it's it's you know, if you're a guy making twenty million dollars a year, or you're a guy making five million dollars a year, you whatever, you gotta look yourself in 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 the, in the mirror sometimes." The Sixers who went out in Game Five and Six against Miami, was that Doc Rivers' fault? Oh no. Okay. No. Well, that's all I'm saying is. So I'm I'm not saying Girardi deserved to stay, or he hasn't done. I'm not saying he's done a good job or a great or anything like that. Uh, you know, I was a little disappointed in him, but again, but look at guys like you know guys who got signed this offseason or guys that were being counted on to be good and haven't been good, and then you go back to the makeup of the team, which is 
Well, it's a sad makeup of a team. They don't play defense, and they don't have a bullpen. Okay, or a good enough bullpen. Let's put it that way. So, if you're going to go in with that premise, okay, so if we score eight games a game, eight runs a game, we're great, and they did that in L.A. three games, but that ain't going to happen all the time, Kevin, because you know you've covered enough baseball that good pitching and good defense usually at the end is going to win out. So, Mike, I, I mean, look, and I'm not down there enough to give right. you the well. He lost the locker room, and there are times right. when you lose a locker room. I don't know. Right. I don't know if it was that because the one thing Girardi said that was accurate was they did have some fight. I mean, they some were, what? They some f- some, some what? fight. They did have some oh, yeah. fight. I mean, there, yeah. there there were games where they rallied back. You know, the Schwarber homer the other night, right, to tie the game in the ninth gets lost because of yeah. you know because of what happens in the 10th the 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 ability to rally back in the ninth on Tuesday night gets lost because of what happens in the 10th and the 11th um so it's not they have gone belly up and i agree with you it's roster makeup is the bigger issue here yeah, i mean the way they've been losing kevin especially lately has been excruciating but the problem I mean, is no, excruciating. I, I, you know? I, I, and I get it, Mike, but the problem is what other move did they have? No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, okay, and, and Dombrowski's only been here for two seasons. I get it. And and he was brought in to win now. He was not brought in to build up the farm. Right. The farm system stinks. And they're paying for what they haven't done the last seven or eight or nine years. Of, you've pointed this out before. Um, whether it was all Clentac, whether it's an organization thing, whatever. Their, their farm system cannot be, so they have to go out and sign free agents. Well, that's not the way you win in baseball. Right. There's a team in town tonight that they're playing that's lost eight straight games or whatever that does has tried to do that for like a, a decade. decade itself. Yeah. It does not, usually it does not work. You have to have some homegrown talent. Now, their homegrown talent is Bohm, uh, Hoskins, um, maybe Stott. Um, but other than that, that's it. But it, I mean, that's it. But, and this is what I mean by I don't know what other choice they had. Look, we're too far from the deadline to really, like, break the thing down. Um, oh, I agree. And the contracts they have, you're not going to find anybody for Schwarber. You're not going to find true. anybody for Castellanos. You're not, you you're, might not find anybody for Real Moto. Right. Um, hey, they're stuck, Kevin. They are so, stuck. So this, this, so is, this is a Hail Mary. When you hire Rob Thompson, this yeah. is a Hail Mary that changing the voice in the in the clubhouse, and that's is, fine, is what they're hoping yeah. for. Let me get and the, the right fielder. Wait a minute before you get that. Yeah, the right fielder. We don't know what his status is going to be two months from now. I have we a theory know. on that that I want to get to in a minute. Okay, Segura so is going to be out, you know, till mid August. And you, but you think about, it. I am convinced, and I told you before the year, I thought they'd be like an eighty-six win team. Mm-hmm. They'd be in contention for a wild card. You only have to beat out. There's only eight good teams in the National League. So you have to beat out like three to get in, I still think there's going to be a point in the season, even if Joe had stayed, where they were going to be like 500. Nah, I think, whether, they, were, I think they were flatlined under Joe. But That's I, fine, but all I'm saying is now, whatever, that he's gone. Right. There's going to be a point in this season where they're going to be like 500. Everybody's going to get all excited. They're going to, it's, it's going to be the same thing that we do over and over and over and over in this town. We'll get so excited, and they'll get to Labor Day, and because there's six teams and all, and they'll, they'll have a chance. I'm not saying they're going to make it. It's like last year. I said they're going to have a chance going into the final week, and they did. All I'm saying is this team, where they make it or not, this team is not built to win a championship. And and what, and what you go into the offseason, and I know that's getting way ahead of ourselves. Right. But you look at this team, you need a second baseman, okay, because Segura's not going to be back. You're going to need a shortstop unless Stott comes through. You're going to need a center fielder. So that's three of your positions. You might need a first baseman or a third baseman because Hoskins might be the only thing you can trade. Um, you know, so there, there's a lot of – but you know what? That's for the offseason. Right. Go ahead. What's your All theory? Right. No, I'm actually going to give – I'm actually going to give uh, the audio clips. First question from today's press conference. This is our buddy Marcus Hayes. Ask Joe Girardi, why now? Um, I'm around the club in a day on day in day out basis, so you're always having a pulse of what's happening with the team. 
and so for me at this point, um, and I don't put it all on Joe, as we said in the release, uh, we've been in a club that has struggled. Um, I'm disappointed. I mean, I put the club together. I think we're better than what we played. But to me, I think the, the most important part of we're going to turn this around, and I think we still have the capabilities to do it. I think we need a different voice in the clubhouse. I think a different voice in the clubhouse with the players, with the staff members, and I think that Topper provides that. I think it'll provide a different type of communication aspect of with the players and with everybody taking place. And so I think that was really important for us to get it going. So, so the one knock on Joe Girardi and his last years with the Yankees was communication. Uh, especially with younger players. Now, this is a more veteran team, Mike. But that answer from Dombrowski makes it sound like that the communications were a major shortfall there. Did you, I mean, the Kevin, one, when a coach gets fired or a manager gets fired or whatever, communication is always the problem. Okay, no guy gets let go and somebody comes out and goes, well, he was a great communicator. Vigneault at the end. They were saying the same thing about him. His message had gotten, you know, stale. Um, I'm sure we're going to hear the same thing about Doc. He's not getting through to his guys. That's why they played like crap and get, you know, whatever. So, no, that doesn't surprise me. I, you know, and the thing is, you know, I don't know if you can sense that. Like, I think if you're Jim Salisbury or if you're Todd Zalecki and you're around it every day, you could. But you didn't even hear, you know, I, the most damning comments may have been uh, the Kyle Gibson ones this weekend where people were saying how much, how little fun they were having. Now, a team that loses is not going to have fun. No. What came first? But it, became, I mean? but it became obvious that there was something wrong with this team and it was so lifeless. And I think maybe he, that's he where... looked like He looked like a zombie. And I don't know why. Maybe that's just our perception or my perception. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the only one that said it. He just didn't look like. And again, you know, if, if they were 29 and 21 at this point, would they look different? I guess. You know, but again, we as a city, we as a whatever, we put so much high hopes when they went out and signed sure. Schwarber and signed. And it's like, okay. And instead of just saying, hey, maybe we can make the playoffs. Oh, my God. No, I heard Larry Bowen. I love Larry. I know he works for the team. But he was talking World Series. Oh, come on, man. It's like the Eagles, right? So now we think the Eagles can be good because they, they it looks like they made their team better. So I'm thinking, yeah, they can win 10 or 11 games. Maybe they whatever. People got them in the Super Bowl because that's what we do. And then as soon as things go sideways, we just were like, well, what went wrong? I don't know. You know, this team, something is, you look at this team, mm-hmm. and maybe they can fix it. Something is wrong with this group, and whether it's, you know, maybe the lineup don't work. I mean, yeah, the, the Phillies, I think, as somebody said today, have the worst leadoff hitter batting average and all that kind of stuff in the major leagues. And it's been a constant trend for about yes. half a decade. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and how many times does... Herrera come up and hit a home run, and every Dombrowski defended him a week and a half ago, and then he makes a base running blunder or two mm-hmm. or or an error. I mean, you can't. That play that happened the other day with Familia, that can't happen. happen. No, it can't. You know that. You've covered baseball long enough. And, and the funny thing was the first baseman actually made a good play, which is like, you know. But which is breaking just, news in itself because, you well, know. he tries. Look, I think they're all trying. Oh, I think, I think it's almost become it. over. Uh, you know, if there's one thing, and, and I want to get to the other Girardi quote, or uh, I'm sorry, Dabrowski quote here in a second. Um, I almost think, though, like there were times where when this started to slip away, and look, it started to slip away really with that blown Mets game uh, a couple weeks back in May. They actually went on the road and kind of played well in Seattle and L.A., but then they came back uh, when they – faced the Padres and the Dodgers and they got overwhelmed by the schedule and you could tell as this went along they were kind of gripping the the bats in the sawdust and they were just creating you know some dumb plays just playing flat out dumb that the tightness level of that group really started to show and I think that's maybe where the the change had to be made uh, which leads to this Dombrowski quote. When did he? When did he become aware 
that something had to give. Really a per se tipping point. We haven't played well for a while. It's something that, um, you know, in your own mind, I don't. You're, you're thinking of what makes you better for an extended period. So again, being around the club day in and day out, um, it, it was one where I think that when I just looked at how we had played over the the road trip at the end with against the the Mets there. Uh, we played against San Francisco the first couple of games. All tough losses, right? But then when I looked, uh, of course, at the schedule and you're looking at, okay, if you're going to make a move, what time frame makes sense? And I look towards the Thursday off day if we're going to do it. And, and really, I, I, it is something I've been thinking about because I haven't really thought that the club has played as well as what we're capable of playing and just a different chemistry. But... Um, you know, I got some rest on uh, Wednesday night, which has been hard to do with some of the length of the games that we played um, and some of the travel that we had. And it's something I had been contemplating. And I woke up and went for a jog and I came back and really thinking, you know what, this is this is the right thing to do at this time. I think it's the best for our, our organization. Well, which leads to the point, okay, if he's been having this feeling for a long time and he's now saying that this move is made pretty much to try to save your season, Okay, if he's had these doubts for over a month, then that's on Dave Dombrowski, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, but you don't find, Kevin, I've tried to explain this to you forever. You don't fire coaches a month into the season. It doesn't work that way, Kevin. He did it before. He did the Phil Garner in Detroit. I don't care what he did to Phil Garner in Detroit. Okay. He's a guy who's won a World Series, who was born here, whatever, had the pedigree. You don't fire him on May the 15th because you don't feel good about where the team is going. And at that point, they were basically two games under 500. Or but, but, Mike, but, Mike, there was enough doubt entering this year because... No. There, there well, was your doubt, Kevin. Well, no, Mike, there was doubt because they didn't pick up the option, which is a standard operating procedure for a manager going into the last year of his deal. Maybe not when the manager's 500. I mean, you know, I'm just saying, Kevin, if they were a 500 team right now, instead of seven games under, whatever they are, six under... Uh, he wouldn't have been fired. It, it's just I, I just I just explain to you. We've been through this with Vigneault. We're going to go through this with the Sixers coach. Why is it that we get coaches in this town who have pedigree, who have? Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's an organizational like, issue. In, if you're taking the Vigneault case, that's fine. But don't tell me that they should have fired him a month ago. I don't. They, no. they fired him now. They fired him now. He's gone. There's there's four months of a season left to play. No, but Mike, it, Mike, my point is. If you had doubts about him entering the offseason that you did fire him in fire him in February. That's it. They should have they, they but they should have thought of this at the end of last year. If you're but if you're having did. any indecision about your manager that you won't extend him, we'll pick up that option here to make him a lame duck. You don't let him go into a year without a contract. Well, whatever. Kevin, they, they had him. They figured they had him under contract for whatever he's getting. Eight, I don't know what he makes. And th- then they went out and added the two sluggers, the two hitters. You know, they went out and they thought maybe they shored up their bullpen a little bit. So, you, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't I don't subscribe to your theory. I understand your theory that's, that you don't never want a coach to be a lame duck. Andy Reid was a lame duck at one point. Peak. There are some Charlie Manuel was a lame duck at right. one point. You right. don't just go out and give Girardi a two-year because right now then they'd be on a hookworm for three years. You don't do that. But you know you don't just sit there and say, "Well, we're letting him go with one year left on his contract." That doesn't happen. And this guy, like I said, he won a World Series even though it was a, a long time ago. That's why the Sixers won't get rid of Doc Rivers. You know they're going to let Doc Rivers coach next year. He's going to be a lame duck, right? I'm pretty sure next year. No, he has two years left. He okay, has two years whatever. left. And, and I guarantee if they if they don't get past the second round next year, Doc Rivers will not get an extension. I would now, say. Now, where they fire him, that, that's another, you know, and pay him the money that they're going to have to pay him. See, I don't, put, I don't put Doc Rivers, I can't believe I'm saying it this way. I know where the parallel's been drawn. But you mentioned Vigneault, and you mentioned Girardi, and you mentioned Rivers. And Rivers is in a different category. Okay? Okay. Because say what you want about the Sixers. You know, they are still competitive. They now they've underachieved maybe slightly in what everybody believes, but they are competitive. You know, you do get into the playoffs. You do get to game six, game seven of the second round. 
Not good enough. Not good enough. How many times have we sat here, Kevin? But it's a different. Kevin, listen to me a second. Go ahead. How many times in the last two months of the Sixers season were people berating Doc Rivers? Explain this to me. People can berate Doc Rivers all they want. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is you're making it sound like, well, Doc's done more than Gerard. Okay, I get it. But people are all over Doc all the time for what they're not. They didn't like his substitution packs. Oh, they blew a 20-point lead last night? That can't happen. Oh, they lost to the Hawks last year? That can't happen. No, I'm sorry. They played in game five and game six this year? Are you kidding me? I'm, 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 I'm not saying it's Doc's fault. All I'm saying is Doc hasn't achieved anything either. He took over a team that was getting to the second round of the playoffs, and his team has gotten to the second round of the playoffs. So, you know, I don't understand, you know. But so, Girardi took over a team that hasn't been to the playoffs, and you know what? And he didn't they get him to the playoffs. playoffs. So, maybe it's a Sixers thing and a Phillies thing and, and, and a Flyers thing instead of a coach thing. But I think most people would say that the Phillies and the Flyers are fundamentally broken. As organizations, there are people right now that would tell you the Sixers are fundamentally broken. I'm telling you right now, with James Harden on the hook for $47 million, a, a center who gets hurt every year when you're in the playoffs. And I'm not saying it's his fault he gets hurt. I'm just saying, and no bench. And you look at the teams. Let's let's look at it this way, Kevin. Let's say the Celtics win the title. I don't know if they're going to, but let's say they do. Mm-hmm. You would have the last four NBA champions be the Celts, the Bucks, Toronto, and Miami made the finals in the other year. In the bubble year. The teams, these are the teams you're trying to beat next yeah. year. That's that. No, the Sixers are going nowhere. And Daryl Morey is going to be gone in a couple years as soon as whatever happens to Harden. Joel Embiid's window is shrinking by the moment. And okay, so, you know, what am I missing? What's the point I'm missing? That they got to the second round and beat Miami in games but, three and four? But I, but I would say that the the belief is that while the Sixer structure is broken, it's not as obvious as the other two. Well, because they got a guy who, well, the Phillies got an MVP P2. too. So I yeah, I, I'm just, Kevin. I agree with you. the Phillies haven't been in the playoffs in a decade. I understand that, and the Phillies have no the farm playoffs. system. I understand and, the Flyers yeah. are irrelevant. I'm telling you, the Sixers are in bad shape. I'm just telling you okay. that it's not as big. They're not. I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs next year. or Whatever, they're not going to get to the second round, whatever. I'm just telling you, I want to see how Daryl Morey fixes this team in the offseason. Because there's some fixing to do. You got a guy making $35 million who shouldn't be making $35 million. Nice guy. What? And he's getting older. Yeah. You got, you got you got Maxie, okay, who looks to be an up-and-coming, really yeah. good player. You got Embiid in the middle, and teams do not win with players like Joel Embiid. You look around the NBA, nobody has a Joel Embiid. Okay. Right. And then you got a, a Harden who looks like he like like he, he aged ten years in the last two years. Who, by the way, is going to be making forty seven million dollars if Maury doesn't give him an extension. Let me get back to the Phillies here for a second. Let me run this theory by you, okay? Okay. On what I think is the next steps here, and obviously, you know, as we're recording this, they're playing the Angels and they're up ten nothing, and Harper and Schreiber. oh yeah, they're going to oh yeah, they're going to. This would have been this may have been the easiest night in gambling history if you had. To decide. They're all Kevin. They're all easy when they're ten. When they're ten, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Everything's easy. I think what you basically <laughs> saw today is the Phillies giving themselves a window here of for this season, and you heard that they're going to try to see if this is going to work till maybe the All Star break. Okay, and if they're in the same spot at the All Star break, and I'm not talking in the division, I'm talking in the wild card. They you, won't be. But um, yeah, if, I know. if they're if they're seven, eight, nine games out, and Bryce Harper's elbow is still acting up, I I think that's when you'll see them pull the ripcord on the season. I had some people wondering the day because of the switch just from Girardi to Rob Thompson, who is kind of a Girardi clone in a lot of ways in a lot of people's minds. Well, does this mean they're giving up on the season? They're not giving up on the season, but they're giving up. They're giving themselves a window. To make a decision on when to give up in the season, basically. Yeah, but when you say pull the ripcord, what does that mean? Hey, Bryce, go get surgery. That okay? And what's step two? Uh, tell, tell me step two. Step two would be 
putting Hoskins and Nola on the trade block. Okay. Well, wonderful. And you're going to, I mean, I'm just saying is, and then if you do that, then Harper may not be ready for the start of next season. Well, if you do it in July, he probably is. Maybe. Yeah, I get it. But all I'm saying is, and you and I know. I don't think, let me put it this way. If you are in a spot where you can't contend August 1st. But they won't be. They won't be. Well, you have to be realistic with yourself here if you're the organization. If you're within, if you are within on August the 1st, if you are within. You better be within three or four games. I was going to say four. Okay. So we're in the same ballpark. Yeah. You can't give up on the season when you're over the luxury cap. You can't. You can't. If you're 10 games out, yes, we can't do it. It's over. Bye-bye. See you. Four games in baseball has been overcome many times. It's four games for crying out loud. We saw the Padres play like 300 balls the second half of last year when everybody thought they were a lock. Um, We've seen the Mets collapse before. Um, No, you got to be, you got to be. In fact, if anything, on August the 1st, the Phillies might say, hey, we're four out. We're three out. We're going to go make it. We're going to go get somebody. Yeah, because August second is the trade deadline, so we should. Right, we're going to we're going to go out and we we think we have a shot at this thing. You know, maybe their bats heat up a little bit in July or something. I don't know, but I do not see the Phillies. And maybe I'm just nuts. Maybe I'm maybe I'm no, not but 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 I think though I think it's reasonable to believe that if you are at the All Star break or if you're at towards the end of July, there is a point where you're going to have to make the decision. If Harper's going to need surgery here at some point, when do you have it done? Well, see, to me, if if Harper needs surgery, if his career is in jail, here's a guy you've invested in for 13 years. Now, mm-hmm. granted, that's probably about 10 years, nine years, whatever. But, okay, you gave him a contract for 13 years. If you, and I don't know, I'm not a doctor, if he is risking further injury by playing, so if he's going to play through pain or play through whatever, then as an organization, you're freaking stupid. And by the way, it's not an option in my mind long term to just have him DH. It's not. You can't have, you can't take a chance. And again, I don't know. The doctors may have told Bryce, you can't hurt yourself any further by playing. Right. I don't see how that's possible, but they may have told him that. And I'm sure Bryce doesn't want to throw in the season either. But do you agree with me on that? That he can't be a D going into 2023. No, I agree with you. He can't be a DH because you well, can't because throw you can't throw Schwarber and and and, and Castellanos back in the corner outfields. You just no, can't. There's, there's no way. But again, I I don't know. First of all, they should thank God or somebody for the DH Bobby, that there's a DH. And I think, but see, I think they would have never signed Castellanos if there wasn't a DH. That's just my take on it because I don't. I think they understood there was going to be a DH. And they understood that they could put the catcher could DH sometimes, you know, Castellanos could DH sometimes. I don't think they saw Bryce Harper being no, no, but but I think if if the if the scenario is that the only way you have Harper in 2023 is he's the steady DH, that doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. But if there if your two options are you can have him as the DH or not have him, then I mean, what are you going to do? If, well, if no, they play, have to make sure they can find a way to get him back on the field. But if, God forbid, Kevin, the elbow is such that, let's say at least for the first half of next season or the first, or whatever, he can only DH, you have no choice. You have to DH him. You can't just say, Bryce, but then, wait, what are you going to do? We're going right, to trade but, you? But that, no, no. But then as an organization, you have to then find a legitimate right fielder. Well, yeah, I, but what are you going to do? You're going to trade Castellanos? You're you're maybe forced into that, Kevin. You may be forced into that, Mike. What because team of the fact do you think? I hear you, Kevin, but you're making it sound again like other teams are just going to help the Phillies. Like, oh yeah, no. I'll take that. If, especially like if Castellanos hits like 260 this year or whatever. No, this so- would be the Phillies having to suck it up and eat some of the salary to move them. Well, you know what? I don't think they want to do that because they I'm- went out. They, they made a big deal about getting Schwarber and Castellanos. That was the big moves. We're going we're to have a softball team. That's what we're going to do. Yep. Okay, fine. And, and, and I, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I told everybody this could blow up in their face. Well, it hasn't blown up yet, but so far it has. But there's a four months of the season to go. But they also have problems 
at third and first. What are you doing at third? Because there's going to come a time relatively I don't, soon. I don't think the third base issue is as bad as it was. No, no, no. What I'm saying, though, is you're going to have a situation soon where these guys are going to be coming up where you either got to pay them money, trade them, do something. Oh, I would trade Hoskins in a heartbeat. That's fine. But once again, we, we always suddenly we just think that we trade these guys and we're going to be better. You know, we're going, oh, we're going to trade Hoskins and get two All-Stars. No, you're not. It's like, you know, other teams see what we see. They're not stupid. You know, they're, they're like, am I going to trade for Reese Hoskins and then I got to pay him $25 million a year? I don't think so. You know, so the Phillies, the catcher's a problem. They gave the well, catcher. The catcher could end up being your first baseman. That, but that's not, you can't have a first baseman who hits 240. I don't, and, I agree, but you're stuck. You're stuck. You just said the magic words, Kevin. You are stuck. stuck And they can't do anything about it. Which Uh, they have some trade. I mean, maybe you trade Noah. And when you go to trade Noah, somebody's going to say, oh, my God, his ERA in the sixth inning is 9.3. Oh, okay. Every part you're talking about trading comes with questions that the next team that gets them, there's always a team that might want to take them from you. But I would say they have painted themselves into a corner. This is our team. And, you know, it's a softball team. Right. So what, we're going to outslug you. What, what makes me insane is their defense. Their defense costs them a game a week. Okay? Or let's say even a game every two weeks. I'll be kind. That's like 10 games a year. Yeah. You can't give up 10 games a year. And in baseball... You covered baseball long enough, Kevin. I play. It, it, the, the old axiom is hitting, I mean, pitching and defense, defense usually beats hitting. Not all the time. There are teams that but can when hit. when you get to October, especially. I mean, come on. And this is the team they've built. It's embarrassing watching them play defense sometimes. It absolutely. And now, Harper and Segura, who are probably your two best defensive players outside of your catcher, they're out. They're not playing in the field. So now you got Castellano. Who do they play in the second now? Who's their second baseman? Uh, well, they have Maton. Uh, okay. Right now. Yeah. Let me yeah. Uh, let me let me kind of get to another point here um with this team. And it's something that actually I was talking about with some of the guys down there um last week and some of the people I've known for a long time. And I think this gets to this is bigger than Joe Girardi, obviously. And I'll even go it's bigger than Dave Dombrowski. Okay? This is an issue where your management, and yes, I'm talking John Middleton, has to know when the back off. They have to know when the time is right to to sit back, okay? I, I had a, a couple of people who I trust pretty well tell me that they believe some of the signings this winter were not Dombrowski signings, that they were Middleton signings. Maybe because of the relationship that Middleton has with Scott Boris. Um, and, and I believe Castellanos is a Boris client um, going to the top of my head. You uh, might be right. Yeah, you might be right. Um but too many of these moves that they've made, uh, and this goes back to the year of stupid money. You know, Bryce Harper's been great. I lost you, Kevin. Okay, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? This goes back to the year of the stupid money. Phillies weren't ready to do something like that. Phillies were not ready to go chips in. For Real Muto, for you know, uh, uh, for for Harper, in a sense, they did it because they wanted to fill the ballpark. Okay, they weren't ready the year before when they went and traded or they signed Carlos Santana and they ended up getting a, an awful deal out of him. Um, the impatience that has gone on is a major problem, and. They need to now. Dombrowski said today it was his call, his call alone. He consulted with Middleton and all that, but they have to find a way of building a culture that is not reactionary. And I hate saying it this way: 
not giving a shit about what the fan base is going to think about it. Your yeah, thoughts. Kevin, the reason why they, they were impatient was because they hadn't been in the playoffs for seven or eight years. That's what happens. It's not... I guarantee if the Eagles missed the playoffs three years in a row, which would be the equivalent in football probably, you don't think they'd be impatient? I mean, this is why you got, uh, you, you know, you had the owner of the Eagles for a year. That's why you ended up with uh, Ortega Whiteside, apparently, or Jalen Reger or whatever. I, I understand why they got impatient. It happens because you go five or six years and you suck and, the, and you sit there and go, okay, well, what are we going to do? We're going to have another suck year? And then another suck year after that? I mean, you got two choices. If you don't have a farm system, mm-hmm. then you have no choice. You have to go out and sign players. There's there's no choice. But you have the- nobody in your minor leagues that you can point to and say, okay, in two years, these three guys we think are going to be Jimmy Rollins, okay. Ryan Howard, and and Chase Utley. And, and, and Mike, Mike, I hear what you're saying, but here's the point, Okay. You can't constantly overspend the cover-up for your farm system. And they're not investing in their farm system as well as they should be. Oh. And, and, and and look, you know, this is a totally different kind of topic with this team. But that article that Scott Lauber wrote last week in the Inquirer about guys having to share hotel rooms. Yeah, and I, not, know. I and, know. That's the type of crap that that doesn't get seen in public but creates a culture and creates a situation where players get affected and why, how you don't go about your business right. But, Kevin, that's a different story. Okay, that's that's What I'm trying to say to you is three years ago, if you're the Phillies and you haven't made the playoffs in seven or eight years, what do you say to what do you say then to, to the people who are, who are trying to buy tickets or trying to buy merch? You say, we're not going to do anything. We're just going because we're not ready yet. Our farm system stinks. We have nothing to bring up, but we ain't signing anybody. You can't do that in Philadelphia. No, but you can't go can't balls. You can't go balls out when you're not ready. Well, you what can't. do you mean balls, Kevin? What do you mean balls out? They signed Bryce Harper, who was the biggest free agent on and the market. And JT Real Muto. And they traded right. for JT Real Muto. And signed them. So what I'm saying is they got two really good ball players. And they got, got one really bad contract in Real Muto. That's Kev, Kev, Kevin, but what I'm trying to say is you, you got the best catcher in baseball at the time. We all agreed on that, okay? You got the best, uh, him and Machado were the two, you know, you could have signed Machado or you could have signed Harper. They chose Harper. Harper chose them, whatever. I'm not going to knock them for those two moves because if they hadn't signed the catcher at that point, everybody would have said, oh, my God, you're not signing the catcher. How can you not sign the catcher? You, you can't play revisionist history when contracts don't turn out to be good. We all knew that when they signed the catcher, there was going to come a point where the catcher was going to start getting older and probably wasn't going to be as good. You know, That's what happens with catchers. Right, but I'm going to... The alternative was what? The alternative that, that was... was going to be your catcher? The alternative was maybe you get a less expensive catcher That's who right. allows you to do other things like find a center fielder. It, it, Kevin, I get it, but that it, it, you, we can't go they're back... Not, they, during the star building, Mike... Like they're when in the they s- made, when they made those moves, I didn't hear anybody criticizing the moves. Oh no, Both it's things. hindsight. I I will readily admit it's hindsight, Mike. But hindsight, you can't play the hindsight game if you're going to. No, blame but you somebody. better. But you better have hindsight and learn from stuff. And they are not That's learning right. from stuff, Kevin. As long as their farm system stinks, it doesn't matter. And you can't fix a farm system in one or two years. You know that. You know it takes five or six years to build a farm system up. And it, so the farm system isn't going to be good probably till like 2025 if they even do the right things. So in the meantime, the only alternative you have is to go out and sign players. And everybody in this town was bitching at the owner, go over the salary cap, go over the salary Lux- cap. Luxury what? tax, right. Luxury, whatever, you know what I'm saying. And so he did. He did. He went out and did. And and they went out and signed Wheeler. Nobody's complaining about that signing. Okay? You can make the argument that they didn't need Wheeler. Because if you're not going to go to playoffs, what do you need Wheeler for? But they signed them. You know, we, we can go back and play. The problem is their farm system stunk for like a de- almost a decade and probably still does. 
And until you get that fixed, you are not going to be able to, because when guys go down, like a Segura goes down, you have nobody in the minors. When you need to make a trade and you're looking to find a guy, and there's a guy, but we have nothing to offer. Like last year, Atlanta went out and got a whole new outfield at the All-Star break and won the World Series because they traded half their minor leaguers who were ready to come up and help some team. The Phillies can't do that. So they have to, you can't just say to your fans, we're not going to try because our minor league system won't be ready for three years. You can't say that. Not in this town. You can say that in Kansas City or Pittsburgh or Cincinnati, but you can't say that in Philadelphia. Because the worst thing you can do in Philadelphia is be perceived as not trying. That's the worst thing you can be. Even if the trying turns out to be not the right kind of trying, you know, I mean, look, you signed Harper. I thought that was a – yeah, he did win the MVP last year. Now, they haven't won anything. Is it, Bryce Harper it, has been great. I'm not saying right. Bryce. And, and Wheeler's been great. So, you know, there's – But you do players. have to look – there has to be a plan. And I don't think – I think the plan is in such flux every year. You know, take – I'll give you an example, Okay. Say what you want about the San Francisco Giants. The Giants have a, a system, a plan. They have a couple They have a couple guys who are pretty good. Brandon Crawford's pretty good, okay? They had Buster Posey for a lot of years, and he was pretty good, okay? And they all kind of work the system around it, okay? You know, Evan Longoria is a little past his prime, but still a decent player. Brand, uh, uh, Brandon Belt at first base. You know, they find ways to get things done. They work on the edges and the periphery. Look how much better a manager Gabe Kapler is in San Francisco than he was here. So what, and and San Francisco, I would argue, is a different town than Philadelphia. Again, it's a totally different market. They won three World Series back in the early, you know, eight years ago. With one of the great managers of all time. That's wonderful. We don't have one of the great managers. No, no, no. I I will grant you that. Kevin. If they had not gone out this offseason and signed Schwarber and Castellanos, what would this town have reacted? Tell me. You know and I know exactly what it would have been. And when they signed those two guys, every single person was on board. But now two months later, we're not on board. No, but. Kevin, you can't butt. No, Mike, I'm going to butt on this one. Kevin, they don't have a plan because when you don't have a minor league system, you can have a plan. There is no plan. Okay. If there's no guys so, coming up, so you, their you don't plan, have a plan was their plan was we're just going to throw money at. They're just going to throw money at two guys, right? That was their plan. They threw money at Schwarber. They threw money at Castellanos, as yes. opposed to being creative. And look, a team like the Rays, Kevin Kiermeyer, is a guy who does not likely fit into Tampa Bay's long-term plans. And his and his salary is escalated with arbitration to a point where it would have put the Phillies over to luxury tax, okay? I'd much rather have him than either Schwarber or Cassiano. Kevin, I'm not arguing your point that you could have got different players that would be, and, and you're a genius, and you should be the GM or I should be the GM. I'm just trying to explain to you, when you don't have a farm system, and you don't have, like, look at their pitching staff. It's all other than Suarez, I think. Is Suarez the only homegrown guy? Oh, Noah. No, okay, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I forget. But most of the time when they need something, right. they have to go out and get it. Technically, now, t- uh, technically Eflin is, came through their minor league system, but he was part right. of a trade. And right. Hoskins came through the minor league system, and Bohm came through. I get it. But when you need to fill the pieces in, you're going to go out and again. I'm not saying they made all the right moves, but at the time they did them, nobody complained about the real Moto sign. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. I, and I said at the time, I said, you have to do it. It's like when the Phillies re-signed Ryan Howard and everybody knew that ain't good because at, at the end of that, it ain't good, but he had won a World Series. He was, I get it all. When you have the best catcher in baseball and you're going to give him a five-year contract, and you're thinking, oh, wait, he's 30 years old, maybe, you know, but okay. And now it's proven to be true. And this is what you have to live with. You've got Schwarber for four years. You've got, unless you trade them somehow, some way, 
But again, when you have nothing from inside, the only alternative you have is to go outside. Now, if they went outside and didn't get the right guys, well, that's their problem. Well, that's, that's, Dombrowski. Where that's we're a at. Dombrowski problem. And hey, all I keep hearing is Dombrowski won two World Series with two different teams. So, you know, why didn't he go get Kuramai or the guy you were talking about? I mean, you know, that's I don't mis- know. I, I think that's, that was a huge mistake. Fine. But- they, they made mistakes. Nobody's arguing that they haven't made mistakes. But, you know, to sit here and, and, and just, you know, two months after the fact, nobody was complaining two months ago. That's all I'm saying. Right. Nobody was complaining. They were all saying, oh, wait till this team rakes and hits and does this and does that. And all of a sudden, yeah, they're not. The lesson here is whenever a team does something in the offseason, take a deep breath. It's no not- crap, Kevin. I'm just. Which is why. But we don't do that in this town. Well. James Harden played five games and we had the Sixers winning the championship. Five games. He played five games against the Knicks, the Timberwolves, and what other direct? Oh, you mentioned a couple. Play- oh, you mentioned a playoff team in there with the Timberwolves. But fine, okay. wonderful. They beat a playoff team. Hey, and James Harden. Look at James Harden. Oh my God. Fine. That's all I'm saying. And, and they're, we're going to do the same thing with yep. the Eagles, who had, a, by all accounts, the Eagles had a great offseason. Okay, yep. one of the best in the NFL. Maybe they did. Yeah. I, you know, if, if AJ Brown's your first round draft pick, that's pretty good. Yeah. Let's see what happens on. And I'm convinced. They're going to win 10 or 11 games. They may win the division. But let's not talk Super Bowl just yet. No. Let you know? me let, all right. Let's wrap this up here. I want to I want to get a couple notes out here. Uh we're hoping to get Jason Stark on next week. Uh depending on Jason's schedule. Um obviously a lot is in flux. Uh, you know, Jason had a spring to action today when uh Girardi got fired. So he we have discussed. We're hoping to work something out with him next week. Hurricane Schwartz has agreed to be on the show uh, as we almost kind of do a retirement <laughs> tour here. I will say um, there's a couple things. You know, one, uh, congratulations uh, to our buddies uh, Jody McDonald and Mike Silski, who have uh, you know been reported. It's not official yet. I haven't talked to either one of them. To be going into that Ray Dinninger time spot next to Glenn Mack now. Congratulations to basically all three men because I think there will be great radio shows on the weekends. Uh, well, Jody's name, Ray mentioned Jody's name last week. Yeah. And Silski. Yeah. And Silski is one that, you know, obviously we've known for a, a ton of years and, and Michael sure. do a great job. Michael, Michael have a little bit of that Ray reporter's intuition in him. And I think that'll be really good. And yep. uh, while we're at it, um, I don't know if congratulations is the right term, but uh, best wishes to our buddy Mike Massanelli, who has been on this podcast in the past. Mike obviously uh, had his last show on Tuesday for 97.5, the Fanatic in the midday spot, uh, or I'm sorry, in the afternoon spot. Um, and Mike has been somebody that Mr. Kern has known for a long time and I've known for a number of years. And, uh, you know, he helped... He helped set up that genre, Mike, and it, and make it as popular as it was in this town. Why would you congratulate him? Well, because I think he's had a hell of a career. When you've had a 30-year run. I don't think he thinks he's done yet. You know, it was funny, though. I was thinking about when we had him on. He was I talking know, about he was he was towards the end. Everybody says that. And and he might mean it. Mike might mean it. You know, go run a vineyard somewhere, whatever. He, right. You know, but I'm just saying, I from what I've been reading, that it was it a it was a salary like, dispute, right? Well, it wasn't like on Mike's. It's always a salary dispute, Kevin. Right. It's always if they walked into Anthony tomorrow and said, "Hey, Ant, we 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 don't think you're worth this." Well, you know, then Ant has to decide if he wants to work for what they think he's worth or what he thinks he's worth. And you know, I mean, Mike's been an institution in various forms in this town for. Yeah, I, I mean, I covered college sports with him back in the late 80s early 90s so um it's more of a hat tip i guess than a congratulations that mike has done a lot of really good things and but again it's it's and look uh it's it's an ever-evolving landscape that we live in so um but it won't it won't be the same it'll it'll you know i mean tyrone and tyler zuli will do their thing and well, you know, it's, it's Hunter Brody, not Tyler Zulu. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got him. I'm sorry. I got him no. mixed up. Um, and, and, and apparently Ricky Batalka is going to be a part of it, too. Hey, reportedly. You know, and, and I, I, I love Ricky, but, you know, um, 
you know, what are you going to talk about in basketball season? Well, I mean, I, no, I'm just saying, I, I, I mean, it's like, you know, you, you want to have Barrett Brooks on, I mean, um, uh, you know, Seth, Seth Joyner on during the summer, I guess. I think Ricky Bo will do fine. Well, Ricky, I, Ricky actually does know a ton of other Ricky sports. knows plenty. I've, I, li- I like right. listening to Ricky. I'm not saying it won't work. I wish him all the, all the, I wish him all the success in the world. It's just going to be different. I mean, Mike has been in that time slot. It's also simulcast on, you know, on NBC Sports, which I think is why Ricky's probably getting involved. Although Ricky's been doing stuff in the morning with, show. With the King Cage show, yeah. Right. So it'll be interesting. I'm just saying it will be different. And that doesn't mean it, it will be better or worse. It just means it'll be different. You have to see how. And I guess this all goes back to the fact that Mike got beat out in the ratings by WIP, right? Well, I, I think part of it, too, is whether Mike wanted to make a long-term commitment. And I think Mike, you know, if you're 97.5, does Mike want to make a long-term commitment? And does the station want to pay what they were paying for Mike long-term? Is, I don't, that's, I don't two, that's two different questions. And I, From what I've read and, and what, what I think in most of these cases usually mm-hmm. happens is it's not that Mike wanted to leave. That, that's just my take on it. You know, usually when guys leave stations. Now, my take was that I think they wanted an answer from Mike. Mike did, wasn't necessarily ready to commit to two, well, that's three fine. more years. Well, then that's, then that's fine. And maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong. I mean, but I know that I'm, it was a six-month contract extension last time, and we were getting right. to the end of that six months. So, And I will guarantee you that the I could be totally wrong. The main sticking point was money. Oh, it had to be money. Right. So, so, and, and, and because, and also we should point out Beasley, who owns uh, 97.5, had just signed Preston and Steve, which is their morning crew on MMR, yeah. to a huge new contract. So maybe they were trying to cut costs in another area. I, who knows? Right. But that doesn't mean that Mike left. No. You, you were trying to say, well, maybe Mike didn't. No, 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 no. Maybe. It's about money. Like Anthony said on the show this week when they were doing like a tribute to Mike. Yeah, I saw that. It's management. So somebody said, "What is the worst part of radio?" He said, "Management." Yeah, Gargano, Gargano was pretty blunt on that too. I yes, he was. I was. Yes, I would have been was. interested would to you... see what would have happened with Joe Bell and Eric Camille if when they heard that. <laughs> I don't know, but like I said, I mean, this obviously hit home for 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 Anthony, and um, you know, we'll see. I, look, I listen to Anthony all the time, right? Um, so I, I don't. The, you know, the I don't. The landscape of Philadelphia medium, it's been changing on the print side a lot. But just look. I mean, Angelo is going to be going at the end of the year. The prime person everybody has replacing him reportedly is Joe DeCamera in some form. Uh, the, a, lot of, a lot of people I talk to think DeCamera is the guy, the front runner at least for that job. And, and then who goes into his slot? Well, that's question. Yeah, does Gilio go into that spot? Do they move somebody like? And then him? who goes into Gilio's spot? Uh, it could be John Johnson. It could be Jack Fritz. Or whatever. It's uh, right. Uh, I mean, there's there's a domino there. You and, and I know for whether you like Angelo or don't like Angelo. Angelo drives the, everything. He drives, and, and especially like on a Monday I, morning in fr- from September to January. Absolutely. Yeah. And are people going to tune in to listen to anybody? Whether it's Gilio, the camera. John Johnson, whomever, you know, and the show, and I'm not trying to be critical. The show's not the same when Angelo's not no, on. No, it's not. It um, couldn't be. And again, but Angelo, some people may, that may not be your cup of tea. Because sometimes Angelo, I'm, I'm listening and say, really? I'm like, Angelo. And, and I know he's a guy who's 70 years old. He sounds, I think, sometimes like too angry of a person. But that's okay. He's, he's earned that right. Well, I guess I won't get Angelo on the show. No, no, no! I'm just saying. I, I listen on days when he's going off yeah. on people, and even Rhea, Rhea, and Al will sit there and go, "Like, really? Yeah, I think you went a little overboard there." But again, he and, and you know what, what that's going to become, I have no idea. I, I don't. Does that mean that like the, you, you know, I look, I'm not the guy that pays the bills or right. puts the shows together. There's people I like listening to. There's um, 
but you know, I mean, Mike's been part of our oh yeah, uh, whatever for thirty. I mean, almost as long as Angelo. Back, really. back to back to the early nineties with him and Steve, or in the late eighties, him and Steve Fredericks. But on, I mean, he's been on TV. He's yeah. been he's done lots of different things. I remember the day that Mike came up to me in the Temple parking lot after a game and say, "Hey, I got to tell you something. WIP made me an offer. What do you think I should do?" And I'm like, well, what did the, you know, yeah, it's three years, uh, whatever. And, and I'm my, I'm, now I don't know. He might have his mind. I said, Mike, this is my advice. Do it. Take the difference in the money between what you're making at the paper and what they're offering you. Bank it away. Bank that money. Yep. And then in three years, if God forbid it doesn't work out, you know, you have this amount of money sitting in the bank that you can, but it did work out for him. So, yeah, yeah and there's people he's offended. I mean, look, Mike's lost jobs for various reasons, mm-hmm. right? Um, but he's still been a part of the fabric of Philadelphia, you know, just like Anthony has, yep. uh, like Angelo has, Jody Mack has. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's other people I could name too. I'm not trying to just limit it to those people. Sure. Um, but man, it's, it's, yeah. But you know what? Two years from now, we'll be sitting here talking about somebody else that left. Yep. Or, well, whatever. But this year, especially, we've had Dittinger, we've had, we now have, Missinelli, we know Cataldi's happening. We know Gardner's happening. Yeah. Um, it's a lot, you know what that means? A lot of people are getting old. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. are we. Uh, how uh, everybody's good at your house or getting better? Or Well, my wife has COVID. Right. Is she getting uh, better? Yeah, I mean, I think they have her scheduled actually to go back to school next week, and which I found a little weird because I thought, you know, but like my my grandson graduated from his preschool today. Right. So she couldn't go to that, obviously. Our granddaughter's first birthday party Sunday, and I'm pretty doubtful she's going to go to that. Now, if she does take a test and gets negative, I don't know. Then I guess we would have a di- So far, I've taken two tests. I've been negative. Um, the And would I, I thought this was weird because you work now in the school district too, Kevin. They, well, I work. I, said, I work in a school. We're not directly okay. with the school. Okay, district. I got you. But I said something to her. I said, "Do you have to test negative before you can go back?" And she goes, "No." She goes, and I heard this from somebody else too. Black well, it's contagious. Like, yeah, you just well, no, you won't. But you won't test negative. They're, they're telling her right. when you go. And I just thought that because every time an athlete uh, tests positive, they mm-hmm. can't come back till they get a negative test, right? Uh, not anymore. They've kind of changed oh. that structure. Okay. It's okay. Until you're not contagious, which I think it's ten days after the initial test or something like that. I'm not even sure it's ten days anymore. It might be. Well, I had a like, t- I had a test all last week because I had a teacher who I work with who who okay. uh, turned out tested positive. Well, I mean, like, she was better I went, too. I had a dentist appointment yesterday. God bless. My, I'm getting an implant. So it's whatever. It's a very good dentist. I go up and I I, I called them. I said, look, my wife's po- is tested positive. I've tested negative, right. and they said, well. Okay, come on up. Come on up. You'll, you'll be okay. I said, okay. So I get up there, and they said, then the girl comes in. She goes, would you like to take a rapid test? I said, sure. Give me a rapid test. I don't care. She comes back like two minutes later. She goes, the dentist doesn't want to. He, he's not comfortable. I said, that's fine. I said, have me come back in three weeks or whatever. Right. I, and I understand. I'm not, you know, who knows what the rules are. I mean, sure. It, and I'm good with that. Um. But, you know, I can understand that now that it's affected me, I can understand how frustrating it gets for people yeah. um, because, you know, she's living downstairs. I'm living upstairs. Anytime we're near each other, we wear masks. But, yeah, that doesn't mean I can't get it. Well, and I can tell you right now, you know, in my house when, you know, we had it, I, I tested negative, but, you know, there was a possibility I was exposed, you know, with somebody in school who had it. Um, so I ended up sleeping. You'll you'll love this one. Um Originally, it was going to be on the air mattress in the living room, and then we decide, well, if I'm exposed, why why possibly put me in a common area? So I That's ended right. up, so my wife, who has uh, you know sleep, a sleep disorder, so I don't want to upset her. So we were trying to find a way. So I had my stepdaughter go into my room for the one night, and I ended up in my stepdaughter's room. Which is weird because of the fact that there's all these like Sean Mendez posters up. It just it, it, everybody I'm sure has done this. If you're a parent, end up sleeping in you know the the guest bedroom or the, your 
child's bedroom or something. There's posters. It just freaked me out. And I ended up <laughs> I ended up going to a different room after that the next well, day. I had people t- telling me now after like that I should have quarantined too. And I'm like, but I was negative. Like yeah. why? Well, not, because you, you don't always know if like it, I understand that, that test doesn't I, mean you're not contagious. I get that. And and I remember we discussed this a year or so ago or two, whatever, um, about um, you know, if one of us got sick. Right. What were we doing? We'd even discuss going to a hotel or something. One of us going to a hotel, but in our house, our house is like your house. I mean, she's downstairs. Right. So she only comes up to maybe go to the kitchen mm-hmm. um, and she'll take a shower and, I, and I'll have my mask on. So I don't know if we're not doing it right, then we're not doing it right. right. I apologize. I don't mean to uh, right. I hear you. get anybody in trouble, but it's been, you know, now I've been talking to a lot of people like my neighbor across the street told me her son, teenager last year, got it. Right. And you know, he was really like, my wife hasn't been like nah. sick, 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 but and not much of a fever, you know, not like any, but, but, She's just getting frustrated, yeah, you know, because it's like, you know, and well, I understand. Tell, give Gene my best, and yeah. uh, you stay healthy, and uh, we will get back together here next week. Yeah, she needs Ralph's, I think, is what she needs, but it might have to be takeout. Uh, yeah, I would imagine it would be takeout. I actually have rib rack tonight there, Mike. Rib rack's good. Rib rack's really good. Rib rack's really and good. They just, what got, did you get, ribs? Did you I got, get ribs? I got ribs. And and we bought a smoker that we're going to start doing our own ribs here. Okay. The uh, my friend swears by there. Apparently, they do like a pork. Yeah. Um. And he says that's great. Mm-hmm. Um. I really only got the ribs. Um. Their wings their, are good too. Their wings. Their are sides are unbelievable. Yes. I mean, their sides are. Yep. You get like five different sides. Um. Yep. Yeah. The rib rack. I would hardly rec- recommend the rib yep. rack to anybody. On Bustleton Avenue in Northeast Philly. Uh, very, very good. Rib Rack, the Freshworks, Ralph's. This is the only place to turn for your dining needs. Finks. So. Don't forget Finks. Absolutely. All right, Michael. Okay, babe. Be good. Yep. And our thanks to you for joining us. We'll see you next week. This has been Working the Beat.